Please listen carefully. And now, live from some soapboxes on a street corner in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two of the loudest mimes you've ever heard, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And tonight we are doing the Moon Knight wrap-up episode. Yes. And we're doing it at Not Scott's instead of the Zudio. And we're in Not Scott's garage. In the original zoo. In the original zoo. Yes. Not Scott's here, of course, because it's his garage. Good to be with you. And also that guy, Brad, is here too. Hey everybody. So we all watch Moon Knight. We're going to wrap it all up. Go back and listen to our... Midpoint episode. We did the first three episodes there, broke them down, talked about them, spoiled everything. Yep. Um, I believe you gave the show at that point a half of a supreme pizza. Half of a pizza just to see what else would come uh, later. And I gave it a full plain pizza. There you go. So we'll see if toppings get added or not. And the guests can always throw a wrench in the works. We'll yes. see how the pizza ratings end up. Yes, we will. So... Where did we leave off Moon Knight in episode three? The tomb of Amit had just been found. Uh, Harrow has the scarab. Mark slash Steven are both kind of working together to try and stop it. Conchu has now been put in a statue because he messed with the sky again. He rolled the sky back to the star date so they could figure out the puzzle. Mm -hmm. But now he's in, he's in a statue, and apparently Mark and Steven no longer have their powers for the moment. Mm. That's right. That's what we're kind of implied or led to believe, right? Yeah. Yep. So this episode, episode four, is called The Tomb. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's where Grant and Layla find the deserted campsite at the location of Emma's tomb. Where are Harrow and all the men? What's going on? <laughs> where is everybody? And so they have a... Isn't this where they have their moment? Yeah. We can really start to see the relationship develop yeah. where she's starting to realize Stephen is different than Mark. Mm-hmm. She was before this, she was kind of thinking Mark was putting on or, you know, this was some kind of like he'd been hitting the head too hard or yeah. something. She kept expecting him to jump out of it. But now she's realizing, wait a minute, this Steven is a fully developed other person, completely different mannerisms. And mm-hmm. maybe I kind of like him a little bit because he's a lot easier to get along with than Mark. Right? That's what yeah. I was getting out of it. I kind of called it in the midpoint. I was like, I can sense the love triangle. And in this episode, she goes in for the kiss, and Stephen's all nebbishy again. And he's like, <laughs> right? uh, I smell weird. I'm sorry. But... Okay, that's one for you scoring at home. I have issues tonight. <laughs> oh, there's two. Shoot, three. <laughs> all right. Just don't do the well, thing where you drink every time we say it. Well, one, of my, one of my favorite parts about really the whole series, and it really starts with this episode, is... It, it leans into this kind of Indiana Jones style of action adventure on the back half of like a, like a genuine psychological thriller kind of thing. I love this part because it's when it gets all Tomb Raider-y yes. and, and he's uh, sneaking through the catacombs. I, I love the feel, the homage to, uh, like I said, the Indiana Jones kind of uh, action adventure narrative. You said Tomb Raider. That's the entire vibe I got because we spend most of this episode inside Amit's tomb. Yes. Has anyone seen the uh, supercuts of Layla looking at Steven? Uh, No, (laughs) No, but I imagine there's a few. Find a woman who will look at you like Layla looks at Steven. Yeah, there's a lot. I didn't notice it in the watch, but when I saw it on the internet, someone cut from that one episode. There's tons of him like, oh, I know all stuff about Egyptian stuff, you know. And, right. And then and she's like looking at, looking over at him like, Ooh. She's thinking Mark never knew all this yeah. stuff. <laughs> but I'm glad uh, Steven does get his chance to shine. Like he does sure. the eye of Ra or the eye of uh, Horus, I think is what they yeah, call he's it. He's like, this, this is shaped in the eye of Horus. And he knows all the ins and outs of it. And they're apparently in a maze in a tomb. But Steven being the nerd that he is, is like, oh, I know the answer. Like, yeah. let's go this way. Well, because, yeah, you know, you keep expecting the Indiana Jones-type steps, the, you know, ceiling closing down on them or the spikes getting shot out or skeletons falling all around, which yes. we got a little bit of that. Yeah, but then we got, a nice like, way. then they're homaging that old stuff, but they're homaging something it's make you feel old because it is kind of old, but it's newer than Indiana Jones. Yep. We get straight up, oh, now, where's Brendan Fraser? Where's right. Rachel Weisz? Yeah. It's the mummy. Hakuma Shente. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because there's mummies in here. That's right. And they're 
I think they're mummy embalmers who are there to process the yes, body for the afterlife. Because those can guys see are the scary, man. Canoptic jars and all that. We'd already seen a hint of that previously, I think. So now we finally know. Oh, okay, that's who's got yeah, the they, jars well, out. They grab one of Harrow's men, yeah, and just start sacrificing him on top of the altar. They weren't sacrificing him. They preparing. were getting him, preparing him, preparing the for body, mummification. Got to take just all his organs out. Just happened to be alive while sure. that was happening. They aren't concerned about so, that. Yeah. We had to screw it, pull his brain out his nose and whatever else. I have to be the the nerd that because I watch everything with subtitles because I am a deaf person. Mm-hmm. They actually are called Heka priests. Heka priests. Yes, H E K A priests. But apparently they communicate with echolocation. Like that was how they were trying to find them. Oh. Like they couldn't see him. I was kind of like, why does why does this priest creepy like zombie dude not see oh. Layla right there? But the whole clicking and like looking around thing was the was the twist. That's crazy. Miss yeah, Matt. and we get a nice Tomb Likewise. Raider fight with Layla in the uh, the mummy. And the, the, one of the coolest parts to me of that fight was like, oh, the lower part of my arm is gone. Now I have two death spikes coming out of my forearm. Yeah, no kidding. Let Talk me just stab you with, with my bones. Punch. Yeah, just stab you with my bones. What evil dude. And then, of course, Steven is like looking around the altar. He's like, is this fresh blood? Are, are those soft, meaty bits? It's like, you're such a nerd and a weakling. I love it. Right. Uh, I know. Well, but it was it was the first steps in the process of. And again, I the character development that Steven and Mark go through. And it's really, you get this kind of a buddy dynamic story. Yes. Um, begrudgingly, eventually. It begrudgingly, yeah. eventually. And they take that dynamic that they've used a hundred times, Clint and Kate, you know, one right. envision, Bucky and Sam, Loki and Mobius. It, it, there you go. That relationship is a key thing. But in this series, the relationship that's driving it is Stephen and Mark. That interpersonal it's the hero's same journey. Person. Yeah, which makes it so much fresher. Yes, it made it so much more fresh, more interesting. I'm like, wow, this is new. And while I'm familiar with the Moon Knight comic, it, I don't know a super whole lot about it. I knew enough. Yeah, same but, here. I echo their comments from the last one. I was only casually aware of it, and maybe because of maybe a couple cartoon references on Spidey and Friends or something. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I didn't yeah. know he had a split personality. I thought he had, like you talked about, I thought he had like a Batman, like Playboy personality or there something that was... Well, and in the in the comic books, I think he does. In fact, in the comic books, Kevin, you used to read it, didn't you? I mean, there were like a little bit, just just a little. Like, there were like four or five personalities that yeah, are a, that are in there. there. But like I said, I was a kid and I was dumb. And like Brad was saying, I thought they were all secret identities. Yeah, I didn't even have the thought that they were all competing in his head. Somewhere, I'd picked up the the idea that he was cuckoo or that he had, but I never associated that with multiple personalities yeah. or anything or the DID or whatever we call it. Yeah. So, which is also a fallacy because we'll get into it later. It's not just two personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mistake yeah. was thinking that like his multiple personalities came from Conchu's powers. Like because he was aligned sure. with the Moon God, it broke his brain. Yeah. But we we'll we'll find out nine. later. We'll get there, Mikey. Maybe he's trapped with all the other guys uh, who just, also we'll had that there, job Mikey. before him. Or whatever. Right, I want to talk about that too because I we'll I thought there. the way they told the backstory. We'll get there. Pen, so come back. This to uh, this mummy splits the two of them up. Yep, the party gets split. Layla defeats the mummy, but then gets confronted by Harrow, who, here, here he is again, Ethan Hawke, being wonderfully suave, creepy. But also you know? appears right when he needs to appear. Yeah. Like, he's there. Why is he yeah, there? I, I mean, I get he's going after a Met, it's but... great. And it's just like, oh, I know who killed your father. Yeah. Was he wearing a scarlet scarf? Was oh, yeah. it... I saw him when he was dying. It's like, what? How do he's, you know all this stuff? He's such a good villain in that regard, bringing that kind of darkness to the the villain while being calm and sedate. Yeah, yeah. And he shows up and here's the villain's speech. You know, he's going to give away all his secrets and he's going to get into the little pointer about Mark. And he's going to imply that Mark was there when her dad died. And you should ask him about it and that kind of thing. And I just, I really love and what I was mentioning before is that we're not used to seeing Ethan Hawke in a negative, you know, in a bad guy role. I think he's played one or two, and I kind of remember him from something. But what a great actor. Yeah. Underrated, I guess. I mean, so much so that I actually I, I named my son partly after him. <laughs> it's true. My son Hawke loves... <laughs> my son Hawke really loves uh, old Ethan Hawke movies. We so. know that it's from Tony. I thought, I thought Tony. that, that was... Tony. That was Hudson Hawke. No, right. Was, oh, my son's was actually Hawk? It was Hudson Hawke. I thought it was Tony Hawke. Might be Tony. No, Little Hawk Nelson loves no. these jokes. <laughs> well, little Hawk on the Prairie? That's right. That Actually, I mean, in all honesty, he was named equally be- 
between him and between Ethan Hunt character from the Mission Impossible yeah. movies. And again, my my son, you know, Hawk Hunt really <laughs> loves action movies. <laughs> All right, okay. the joke landed the first time. It yeah, didn't really. I, like, I couldn't recycle yeah. it and get no. it off again. We're, like, no. we're, we're way off. <laughs> so, Kevin, um, give this thing some direction, would you? Yeah. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Does he ever say like he killed your father, or does he just like lead her there? I don't know if he says I, it directly, but he gives enough insinuation that yeah, she can right? put the pieces he together. He kind of tells her, like, ask him where he was that night, or ask him what was going on with them, or ask him why yeah. he was there, or ask him how your dad really died, or something and, like that. And she eventually does. I think it might actually, I don't know if it's this episode or the next one, but, like, that does come to fruition. It will. So, and eventually we find out exactly what happened. Yeah. That's happening over with Layla. We go back over to Grant, who's gone down the tongue, the Osiris tongue, <laughs> yep, and has found this sarcophagus and this he's like oh what oh he's looking around reading the hieroglyphics he goes oh there's no way there's no way i can't do it this is massive no 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 i really think you should try that was great you should do more yeah what'd you say do it this is macedonian but he always wanted to be known as an egyptian oh it's alexander the great yes smashing It's it's so funny to me because he like he has to get the what is it called what are the little things called that they stick the gods in there's a name for those little statues Ushabti okay yeah, never mind Ushabti. I'm gonna call him a statue yeah <laughs> <laughs> he he figures the statues in his throat so he has to reach down the mummy's throat I and, love it I love the, that the, scene there's him apologize I'm so sorry you know yeah <laughs> just reach not to mention it's so much Flash Gordon sticking his arm in yeah. the stump you know it, it's, it's just that kind of moment you're absolutely kind of yeah and you're like oh no. And Don't then, do that. And then every time he apologizes, he's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Great. Yeah. Is that your yeah, last name? Right. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. Love it. Love that character. I, I don't know how many actors could really pull that off. But, again, Kevin, and I think and you guys both said it on the last podcast about this. And, and let's stop down. Oscar Isaac was... What a great actor. ...made this series yeah, for me. His command of both those characters and his mastery of those accents. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta if you don't know the actor and know where he's from, you kind of get lost and don't know which one's a native accent for him. No, absolutely. His, his body, way he stands, yes, the way he walks, the way his, he holds the muscles in his face changes very much so between each character. It's amazing. No, that's very Lon Chaney. You know, that's mm-hmm. very like get into the actor even physically. Very get into who? the character physically. Lon Chaney, look it up. <laughs> read a book. Yeah. Oh, dang. Can, <laughs> can, can we just take a quick, hey, quick reading, survey? Reading Rainbow over Lon, here. Lon Chaney? Yeah. I Mikey, know you know who that yeah, is? Monster movie actor. Mikey, you know who that is? Lon oh, Chaney was the original werewolf. Yeah. He was he was one of our first good, almost exactly character actor. And it was a lot of times before a lot of the prosthetics and stuff. I mean, he pioneered a lot of that. But he was physically different role to role. Uh, and a lot of it was just how he carried himself, how he carried his body. He was famous for it. You but say you, so. You should still look it up. <laughs> so it's literally at this point, he gets the little statue, and it's literally at this point where what happens that you guys wanted to talk about like a minute ago yep. happens. Yep. Is that Layla shows up, and is and she goes, I need to talk to Mark, which brings Mark out. Yeah. She basically is like, did you kill my dad? And then he's like, well, it's going wrong. You know, and then and Mark that was the out. first time we've ever seen like that willing transformation well, without yes. there being some sort of like head injury. It's true. Or You're right. Wham. You're right. Or... Well, or, kind of was, yeah, some kind of. I think an, of, an angry wife is exactly that's what I'm saying. It, head, it think, showed us so. that. Oh, wait a minute! You know, last <laughs> yeah. time we saw them change like this, they were in a van listening <laughs> to Wham. So this is where Mark reveals that not only was her father killed, he was killed too mm-hmm. because he wouldn't kill. That's right, the archaeologist, and he was killed by his partner, who is another semi-famous Marvel villain. I didn't catch that part. You don't who's know? His, no, who's his, I only heard the partner they, part. Yeah, they do tell us. It's the Bushmaster. The Bushmaster. Oh, okay. So that's something that could be a potential future Easter egg. Like, gotcha. Bushmaster might show up in the future and people will be like, oh, that's from right. Moon Knight. Season one, episode four. We saw it. He's basically a mercenary, an evil mercenary. I got you. From yeah. Africa. Yeah. Sounds like he'd be buddies with Claw and, and, uh, Whoever that doo doo is is the wolf. I said doo doo. I mean, whoever who, that dude is who has the, like the wolf head on his yeah. stomach. I mean, he. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe he's in the next Black Panther movie. Oh, maybe. 
Are you talking about Craven the Hunter? Craven the Hunter. That's okay. exactly Craven, what I was yeah. talking about. Yes, thank Sorry. you. Sorry. It was yeah, in my brain. already in the, mentioned in the MCU in some form or fashion, if I remember right, or is going to be a bad guy in one of the upcoming things. Yep. But this is where we find, this is his origin story, where he found Conchu, and Conchu gave him the Moon Knight power so he'd be alive. He offered him the ultimatum. Yeah. You were a corpse when I found you. Little worm. <laughs> Again, just love F. Murray Abraham. Wouldn't recognize it as him. But what a great voice. Absolutely. And just to address the internet in general, there was a, a lot of internet got bumped by the voice. I, I thought it was great. I thought it fit perfectly. Like it didn't bother me at all. Didn't like it? I, I did, didn't the like the voice. Didn't like Conchu's voice. Oh, I loved it. That was very a lot of criticism on it. No, it was very bigger and godlike and, and you know, very Where does he have that accent? Who cares? Know. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> I, uh, it Maybe because if it was in its native tongue, none of us would understand it. We'd get really sick of reading it. It was very ominous, yeah. and it was very attention-grabbing, and exactly like a voice in your head would sound, I think. Kind of like another God voice we're going to hear a little later takes you a minute and go, you go, wow, that's a unique voice, too, for completely different reasons. Yeah, it's unexpected. Yeah. I get it. Yep. And I'm I with think you. that's part of the magic of it. But speaking of uh, Mark and Steven dying, yes, they di he died and got his conchu powers, but we actually see him die in this episode because Harrow shows up and shoots him twice in the That's chest. Right. It's hilarious. He has this like magic staff that he's been using to create all kinds of problems. Yeah. But he just goes for the pistol. That's right. It's like, it, Speaking of Indiana Jones, it's that like yeah. somebody's twirling swords at him. Yes. He's like, I don't have time for this. I have dysentery. We got to end this scene. Let me pull out my pistol and, and no shoot you twice. fancy modern gun either. It's just a classic little six shooter. It was like a Webley big. revolver or yeah, something. Yeah, it's just a classic old simple looking possibly antique pistol. They're like Indiana Jones's gun. He pops him much. twice in the chest. I do like the surreal sort of arty take they did because he falls into this like, yeah. it looks like a pool of water that's in a tomb. So you imagine it's like, oh, maybe a foot deep. But no, it's like an ocean. Right. He, he, he goes into the other world. Goes or a little train spot I got. You know, oh, he just yeah. falls into the liquid forever. Everything gets all weird now. Very weird. It gets very Strap weird. Strap on your weird hats. We're going to Weird Town. And we're also going to 4 3 aspect ratio, like old yeah. TV and VHS. Because we Did cut it really? Yeah, it, I didn't uh, even notice that. Yeah, See? it goes from widescreen and then it cuts to like old CRT TV aspect ratio because they're showing. Some alternate version of Stephen Grant going through the jungle with his partner. But yes. It's a VHS movie. That's right. That's, that's great. playing in a psych ward. What? <laughs> what is happening right that's now? That's right. And this was a big record scratch moment. Yeah, but it's, it's where it finally, like, it made so much sense. You're like, oh, okay. All right. I, all right. Okay. I get it. Maybe none of this has happened. Yeah. And he's been inside the psych ward the entire time. Yeah. Because everybody who's been in the show is in there. Yeah. Right. That was so great. Let's set that scene a little bit and dress it up a little bit. We, we flash now to now that he's dead, right? Yes. We flash to Mark or Steven sitting there in the ward. Yep. Technically, it's Mark because of Harrow is there again, but now he's the doctor in charge. That's right. Oh, so I'll bring this up now, but like we, we keep complimenting Oscar Isaacs on playing two different characters fabulously. Like, no complaint about that. He does a great job switching between two. Ethan Hawke, I thought he was done just being this cult leader. Arthur Harrow that's charismatic right. and slightly sinister, you can kind of tell. But now he's running this psych ward, and he you can't tell. Like, he seems genuine and sincere and wants to help Mark break through whatever mental troubles exactly. he's having. Are you still evil? Now it has only slightly sinister undertones as far as he's concerned. You still kind of see it. Right. There's still something creepy going on. But... You're supposed to get the impression that this is someone Mark's supposed to trust. This is someone who's running this organization or whatever it is. Tell me a little bit more about Stephen Grant, Mark. Yeah. He puts down the VHS that's called Tomb Buster, which yeah. is hilarious. Oh, yes, the Tomb Buster. I want to see that movie. But that character in there, that's where Stephen Grant apparently... That's even the name of the actor listed on the, on the poster we see later, right? That's it. But Layla's there. She's one of the patients. She helps Mark win bingo, and she's crazy too. Yeah, uh, it's such a such a it's a left turn completely. His manager from the gift shop is there. That's right, like hugging one of the stuffies from the gift shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were lots of other things yeah. from his life mm -hmm. that were scenery in the doctor's office. Or one yeah. of the one of the patients is drawing Conchu on a piece of paper, yeah. and she's like, "Here's this drawing I made." And the orderly's like, "Good job." Right. It's like, what? Yeah, it was just so much. There's a lot of messing with you going on there. And 
and a lot of, you know, hey, we're making jokes on herself and you because you think you know, but you, maybe you don't know. And then that leads us into that whole next part. Is that the next episode? Is that the no, the, no, no. This is okay. still this episode where he like freaks out and runs away from Harrow's office and is yep. running through the hospital hallways yeah. and then comes across a room with a jumping sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. Thump, thump, thump. Uh, there were yeah. multiple sarcophaguses. Mm-hmm. And that's he, right. He opens it up was... and Stephen pops out. That's right. Because and, of course. And now we get to see them together. Together at last. And it's like, like that. Cousins, <laughs> identical cousins. <laughs> it's that reunion that we didn't know we needed or was going to see. And yes, here it is, I, that, you know? that's what I want to hit on. It That was a moment that made me so happy yeah. to get to see Mark and Stephen like. Be glad to see each other because never mind the great special effects of it. Right. Up mm-hmm. until this point, they genuinely did not get along. Mm-hmm. And again, the evolution of their relationship that just continues on. And I I love the way they introduce it. I love the way they show us how they met and show us the evolution of the relationship. And that was a really key moment in that evolution when they meet each other. In the in the psych ward, mm-hmm. and they're going to work together to try to figure. This and out. they're both genuinely relieved to see each mm-hmm. other. Yes, and they're hugging and they're happy, mm-hmm. and they see a third uh, sarcophagus, but then they avoid it. That's and right. It makes me go, "Open it!" Yeah, we, open it! Do we know what's in that sarcophagus? Well, we were already yelling we at the TV. A lot all right, of us were. all right. We do by the end of the last episode. Oh, all right, oh. truth, truth time. Who 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 saw that sarcophagus and said oh, he's got another personality? Oh, yes. Me. Yes, I absolutely yeah. thought the same thing because of the way Stephen came out of the sarcophagus. I was like, "There's another." Yes. One. And again, in the comic books, well, I knew also, that he's got. Even without much- knowing about the comic books, they have plenty of times up to this point where someone else did something, That's right. and neither and Stephen. Neither, well, I thought neither there was one only one about. other instance where they're like, "I didn't do that. I didn't do that either." And then it moves on to the next action beat, and you don't even catch. If you it. pay attention. There's a couple other. No, moments. there's a couple times. Yeah, yeah. there are a couple. I only remember not one to or mention. Two. I'll tell you again, just like Hawkeye did. There's a clue right in the intro to the show, and one of the shots is him with three faces coming out from his faceless skull when they show yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the that's or the maybe outro. it's in the maybe, maybe it's can. in the outro, but still, it's not two faces, it's mm. three, and it's probably on purpose. And so, <laughs> my son Hawk picked well, up on that. Also, in on the po- <laughs> on out. the poster, it shows the Cape and Cow Moon Knight. It shows the the Mister Knight, Knight, and it shows someone in a hoodie. Oh, okay, with his face hidden. Ah, yes. So, yeah. There was a poster for a TV show? Yeah. Yeah, when we get into one of the rooms, when he finally gets down to the, not to jump ahead, but when he finally gets down to why this dual personality or multiple personality disorder exists, is that it's obviously to repress trauma. Yeah, we're getting there right now. This is the next episode. getting ahead and explaining where the poster comes into. So... Wonder Boy. This is, in the very end of the episode, is kind of hilarious. It's really nice to see Oscar Isaac have two different takes on being scared of a monster <laughs> yes one of them's the mercenary way of like oh gosh you know and the other one is the nemish way <laughs> of screaming at the yeah. top of his lungs as a giant hippo just says hi, hi yeah that was the best this is the other voice i was talking about you want to talk about a voice that at first strikes you as really off or different and then you realize okay this is kind of yeah. cool i love it my other two senses that I didn't notice this, which means they did it right until I like thought about it and went back and rewatched a couple of scenes. But the technology for having the same actor in the same scene, but it's only one person, has gotten so much better. Like we're oh, way yeah. we're way beyond Parent Trap or anything mm-hmm. like that, exactly. where you can tell it's like split it was screen, so well done, or a body double hugging and they show the back of the head. No, it looks like there's two Oscar Isaacs there. Yeah, very I'm like, much so. Holy uh-huh. crap, they did such a great job so with that. Good job. There's a dual agreed Lipa video where they absolutely do that. There's a what? There's a dual Lipa video where she kisses herself on the forehead. That's it. see yeah, that the technology is getting so much better. In <laughs> Kevin's friends, <laughs> imagination, <laughs> Kevin's <loop>. psyche, <laughs> just a gif of just that part. So the next episode is called Asylum. Uh, we find out the hippopotamus-headed woman is the Egyptian goddess Toweret. Toweret. Uh, Toweret. It's like a small tower. And she explains right. to Spectre and Grant man. that they're dead. And the psychiatric hospital is just a boat sailing through the dust, the Egyptian afterlife. Enjoy your death boat. On the way to the field of reeds. That's right. Uh, just shout Maybe. out. Maybe. Maybe one of two. Uh, it was a, yeah. It could go. It depends if the scales weigh. Good news, guys. There's activities to help pass the time. Yeah, <laughs> you have to balance these scales. Mm-hmm. But I do love. I, we talked about this on the midpoint, but 
just the incorporation of actual authentic yes. Egyptian lore, like the field of reeds and the boat that ferries you there and judging your heart on the scales and Ahmet being the one that devours your heart if you fail, which is the whole sort of end game for the show, is phenomenal. So they got two like marble hearts, I guess. They were white stone looking things, I guess. Right? They were marble. I just thought Maybe of them salt? as marble. Isn't salt of salt? significance in some Maybe. cultures? Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. I just thought they were white marble because the pyramids were originally covered with white marble, I sure. thought. Right? That probably works. Maybe. I have my Egyptology wrong. <laughs> but they are incomplete and the scales do not balance. Yeah, the scales don't balance. And the, she's like, hmm, well... There's a way to get in a balance. You have to like go through all your old memories and figure out what is causing the imbalance. So Stephen's like, I really don't have a lot of memories. And Mark's like, I have too many memories. <laughs> you know, and I don't want you to see some of them. But Stephen sees them anyway. And we get the entire origin story of Mark Spector and Stephen Gray. Or really of Stephen. You know, and they this did. is where Stephen came from. Going back to one of our themes we always talk about, this was a great example of showing us. Your favorite, yes. And not telling us about something. And they actually played the whole scene out. And it's so heartbreaking, Very heartbreaking. to watch mom just be so brutal to that little kid. All because she felt like he killed his brother. And yeah. they, they brought you up to that moment where he created Stephen and they show the poster. You referenced it earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. It was it was super, like, well done. And it was heartbreaking from the beginning, like, when the boys go into that cave that starts... Because you know only one of them's coming out. Yeah, when yeah. the boys go into the cave that starts filling up, and Steven isn't, like, getting that it's a vision or a memory or whatever. He just wants know? to help. He right. just wants to right. help. He and thinks he's, he's like, there. And he, yeah, he thinks he's there. And he's like, boys, boys. And right. just the, I mean, ugh. I was like, oh, man. That's because it wasn't Steven's memory. Yeah, I know, right? This episode has a point in it. I know we're kind of jumping around, but this episode literally has a point in it. I think it's this episode. Yeah, it's when they're on the street, right? Uh Uh-huh. And it literally has a point where Steven takes over for Mark. Instantly. Instantly. Yes. And Oscar Isaac goes from walking one way to instantly walking another way. That's another level up because... Previously, we've gotten that sort of stutter effect to let you know, yeah. oh, they're changing personalities. But now Oscar Isaacs is doing like heavy duty. He's just going yeah. like almost line for line dialogue switching between the two. Yeah, yeah that's incredible, too. Which is, again, all part of that arc of Stephen and Mark coming together, which ultimately in the last episode, don't want to skip ahead. Yeah. We'll talk about that fight scene when we get there. But <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of my favorite parts of the show. And again, oh, another step in that development process that they showed us exactly this whole arc of these two characters coming together. Yeah, and to speak to both y'all's points about, you know, show don't tell and not pulling any punches, this is easily one of the heaviest of, oh, yeah. of all the series we've seen so far. I mean, this is the yeah. one where Disney Plus and Marvel kind of show us, hey, we're going to trust you and we're going to show you something for the adults. And the kids will like it and what they don't get, they won't get. But this has been the heaviest subject matter out of any of the shows, I think. This is I, where they justify their TV 14. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I got to just broadly speaking, let's do it at the end because there's there's a lot of things that are very different about this show mm-hmm. than what's come before it. Yeah, but, you're, you're dealing with a mother who hates her own son because she blames him for the death of her other son. And they don't pull any punches with no. him. And you feel it. And she actively, physically abuses him. And in order to get away, he turns into Stephen Grant. That's right. Even those, even those two birthday scenes back to back, where they're just going up floors. Boy, like, his dad was a trooper, right? Trying it, to yeah. just help. It's, and it's all insinuation, but yeah. you know from what's going on, it's like holy crap! This so is so well done. So well done. That whole part because it's all insinuated. But you're right. This is where Steven comes from. And I like I was blown away because I thought, like I said earlier, I thought Conchi was the reason that his brain broke. Exactly. If you're going to have a God in your head, obviously, you know, some wires are going to get a little mixed up. We knew he was messed up. We just didn't know how or why. And then we find out this this deep childhood trauma. Steven is a coping mechanism. And Stephen Grant apparently was the character in his favorite show, like we said. The yep, tomb and, busters. That's right, and I and I, I love the way he quotes Stephen Grant as the brothers are on their way to the. That's it. Yeah, so brilliant. Also, we get in this. We get to this is where they talk about the Bushman. Okay, not last one. Yeah, because we get we the they the go scene. in a door and they go to the actual scene yeah. where the archaeologists yeah. are. Yeah. Um. So we get like a lot of holes filled in. 
The only thing I didn't like, and I mean, this goes through the whole series. I'm, I'm not spoiling, spoiling, because there's only one episode left, and, you know, there's not much time, but we never got to see the missed fights. True. Oh, yeah. I was hoping that when they were doing memories, I was hoping we'd get to see some right. of the missed fights. All right. Can we... All right. memories. See some of Mark's and you guys, you guys actually asked this question of me during the last time you <laughs> talked, and yeah. I, I would like to weigh in at this time. Have at it. I loved it. I loved the way they told that part of the story. With I, the before and after? With the before and after, absolutely. I love that they were telling the story from, yeah. from his point of view. Very much so. From, uh, from Stephen's point of view, and to fill it all in, that was part of how the story unrolled itself yes. and revealed itself to you. And if you, I, I don't need to see that fight scene. It tells me what I need to know and that Mark is a bad guy. Yeah, He's a badass. Um, he, yeah. And, and it, it never showed you how or why. So yeah, there's a part of it that wants to see it because I love the fight scene, yeah, yeah. but I love the insinuation of a fantastic fight scene that serves a point. It serves a narrative story. It serves a point to the narrative to showing us exactly Steven's perspective. And really it's part of the empathy that you have with him is because you don't know what the heck happened where his hands come back bloody. Right. All that kind of stuff. And all of a sudden the bad guys are all down. And then later on, it does show you when Mark takes over in the ice cream truck scene and, you know, Mark's Mm -hmm. running, you know, you get to see Mark fight then. Maybe I'd feel differently if I didn't get to see Mark fight or, next. Or Jake. But I don't know. I or Jake. We don't know. Not yeah. that it was Mark. I'm pretty sure yeah. it was Mark. But anyway, I I was I loved the way it told the story because it served a narrative purpose to mm-hmm. not show us yes. that fight scene. Brilliant. So even with all of this, and he like tells Towerette, like, hey, he's not really he's like, I created him and all this kind of stuff. And this is why the scales probably aren't balancing. And mm-hmm. so, well, then we're not going to get to the nice place. And here come evil spirits onto the ship to take you away to the Z- bad place. Zombie right. Sandman, yes. So they start fighting zombie Sandman. And unfortunately, <laughs> but also fortunately, because it shows, Stephen has that moment where he goes, I can do this because I'm you. He you- levels up. That's right. Yeah. yeah. He levels up. So Mark's getting his butt kicked, mm-hmm. shall we say. And he needs help. And Stephen's like, somebody has helped them, him. And he's like, I can help him because I'm him. But then he helps by taking out a zombie and falling That's overboard right. into the sand, the, the desert of the afterlife. Yes, and then he turns into a sand statue. That's right. And then immediately the scales balance because the other heart isn't there. That's it. There's no more conflict because so, yeah. the, the two souls have now just become one soul. Mm-hmm. And Mark finds himself in the most boring afterlife ever i if that's the afterlife, that's right. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm in a giant in a field. field of reeds. Yeah. No, you got to go through the field of reeds, and I'm oh, pretty there's sure places, there's great there's, stuff. There's, there's great gladiator, stuff. too. There's yeah. places to go. There's some there's places like a, to there's go. There's like a pyramid nightclub. There's probably an arcade. Yeah. There's like a there, everything shaped like a pyramid, but there's cool stuff inside. That's right. I it's hope, not just tombs and, and mummies. I, I hope it's all so, because if it's less. all just a giant wee field, then, you know... You know, I just need to go to like what Kansas or something, and just there I am, I'm in heaven. Heaven must be Kansas. Yeah, right. <laughs> Said no movie ever. Right. I don't that's think, not the message here. No. I don't think that's the message. I do you have, if this show scores. So if you, do you think if, if you go bit. far enough, you'll find like a yes. baseball field there? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And Shoeless Joe is there. <laughs> little field of dreams. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. But it's nowadays Ray Liotta, so he's yeah. terrifying. Oh, yeah. So it keeps with the whole under lo- underworld <laughs> kind of theme. Uh, See, I had no problem with it because it funny whatever. How. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> funny how? Funny like a clown? When I was a young man, I always wanted to be a maid man. No. Um, <laughs> No, see, I had no problem with the field of reed scene because it was so gladiator esque. Like, sure, yeah. that was the whole. It's the whole. Like that's Gre- part of their mythos. It's the yeah. whole mythos. Like, I don't have a problem with the scene. I understand it's fitting. You just think that afterlife is. I just think that a little slower pace yes. than what you're looking. So for. tell exactly. me, tell me what would what would make it? What would the what would the Kevin afterlife? That's for a whole different show. Yeah, that's that's a whole different talking show. Talking theology with assuming positions. That's a, that is a whole that's different a whole show. Di- I, what's great and fascinating means, about this, and nail him down at a show and talk to him about it, but everyone at this table has a different belief system, yeah. and it's great, and we're all still the best of buds. So episode six is called Gods and Monsters. Hello. 
Which was, uh, mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know if this is intentional, but that's the nod to the mythology book I read in like grade school. Yes. Sure. Gods and Monsters. It went through Greek, Norse, and Egyptian. Oh, like, Egyptian's so rich with it, oh, you know? Wonderful. So apparently, which is like, I didn't know it when I first watched it, but then I, as nerds will do, you go on the internet and are like, why this? And then the smart people go, because this. And you're like, Because oh. they don't have alligators in so Egypt. I didn't, so yeah. I didn't realize you have to go back to the pyramid to release the god. Yep. Because that's where the power is. Mm -hmm. so, Absolutely. So Harrow has to take the little statue of Amit back to the, the Great Pyramid in Cairo to release Amit. But... Here comes the Fantastic Six, or however many of them are, the Avatars. Right. And they're like, you're not going anywhere. And like, he's like, yeah, I am. You guys are done. See and you later. suddenly they're not and as powerful it was like, it was like, yeah, be. It was like, what the what? Right. Or we maybe had Harrow to get to powerful. the kaiju fight. I know. I mean. Against the pyramid. It was super sure. fast. Well, uh, to me, it just showed the power. And interesting. If you, This is something that I found out, too. As far as the comic book canon goes, the avatars, the gods are like left. They really have checked out. They right. just keep their avatars there to see what's going on. Right. They're just the reason why God Moon Knight's paycheck. powerful is because that god is hanging around. Yeah. And the reason why Harrow is more powerful than all of them is because his god's right there too. Yes. So part of the reason why they were so easily defeated is because their powers were actually quite wimpy because they were so far away from their gods. There's a sure. god proximity to avatar thing in the Marvel canon. And it's kind of like what we talked about on the midpoint. Like, when we first see all the avatars, they do make a comment like, people aren't believing us anymore. Yeah, yeah. So our powers are waned. Like, sure. that whole, that, that's logic that goes mm -hmm. back through yeah. fantasy. If and nobody believes all them, that. they exactly. lose their power. Right. So it's justified. Yeah. So they're defeated quick, and Hera releases the crocodile goddess Hobbit and gets an upgraded cane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. No green. It, it levels has, up. Little it, purple power cane. It has a crocodile head and an axe head on it now. It's like, what? Okay. Right. Not like you weren't evil enough already. This whole time, too. So Layla went with Harrow, and we got the whole fun scene with, like, the dead Egyptian soldiers from the checkpoint. Yes. Oh, right. Where the soldiers That's great. Pick their heads up and talk to her. Yeah. Tarouette, ta yeah. Towerettes talking through her. Yeah, talking through her these. Through them. It was, to her. What, I don't know. I was giggling so much because I don't know. They Pick this like mustachioed guy who looked like he was, you know, such a tough Egyptian dude, and then this like he's got body armor on, and, 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 and this little uh, this, this little like this little sweet voice come, is coming out. And I'm giggling so much, it right? Was so, it was as shocking was as seeing that voice come out of the hippopotamus yeah, 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 body, yeah, and that's yeah. what was great. It yeah. just kept on kept that bit alive. Do you want to be my avatar? Don't don't mind that I'm a dead body talking right. to you. Yeah. Am I right in understanding though? So they take out that whole like roadblock, or Harrow does with yeah. his with his soul sucking power. Yeah. But one guy gets left behind because he's the only pure soul in yes. there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Balance. He's the only not evil guy. That's right. Yeah. He had a balanced Amit's judgment. A yeah. balanced heart. Okay. Yes. That's crazy. That's a, I mean they it's a show don't tell, but it's very cool. Mm hmm. So while um, Harrow's doing this, Layla's starting to sneak around and she's looking for the Conchu statue so she can release Conchu. Here's the thing. There's a whole bunch of little statues there. Right. There's a whole bunch of gods there. Yeah. Like, just waiting like, to be, like, busted open. I wonder what they did. I know, right? What did they do? Do we have a full... I don't have the list. Oh, a whole do, pantheon do we have of a full, them? Do, but do we have a full of a idea of who all the ones who had avatars? Well, yeah, I think there were seven. No, wait, there were nine. There were nine. That's yeah. the oh, so it was the, it was the ones from the poster. It's the Aeneid. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure because I know there's way more Egyptian gods than that. I was just curious. Yeah. The, so it's the big. It's all the big hitters: Horus and Osiris and the, the big hitters. And they all have avatars, but the statues you're seeing, those I think are just the. I don't know if you call them lesser gods or just. Yeah. But sure. there's way more than just the nine. Oh, but yeah, for we're sure. dealing with the the nine higher ups. Yeah. Right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I do like that Layla is going undercover and has her own agency, is kicking butt. Like, even, like, Harrow tries to break her mentally. She doesn't crack. She sees Mark die. Mark and Steven. She loves them both now. She sees him die. But you said Indiana Jones earlier. This is totally uh, Marion uh, Ravenwood Marian. vibe. Marion, yes. Yeah. Karen Allen all day long. It's just this character, and I love to see it. And I don't sure. know if it's a direct homage, but uh, Layla is the highlight star. Didn't expect it. Like you said, Rachel Weiss earlier, and yeah, I loved I did. her and Mummy. You did, yeah. and and it's that same kind of character. I love to see it. Yes. It's great. So Layla finds the statue and breaks it, and Conchu comes out and is like, "Oh, 
Oh, Mark's dead. Okay, you can be my avatar. Right. Now. You know, like, it's not that yeah, big that's of a, a real, deal. Uh, yeah. The real, real kind of give up on Conchu yeah. there. He's ready to move on right now. Yeah. He's had lots of avatars, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Including Harrow. That's right. At one point, apparently. So now we go back to the boat, and Mark's like, I have to go back and get Steven. Yes, because you know? how could he not? But yeah. we're like shouting at the TV, no, don't. No, this is your cure. You right. find you're going to be better now. But it's also a turn because usually it's Steven going after Mark. Sure. This, is, I think, is one of the first times we see Mark being like, I need Steven. Express care or express I mean, a reason for it. Yes, he needed him for his trauma, but now he realizes that Steven is a part of him. Yeah, so he like literally like runs away from the field of reeds yep. back into the sand. And Tower Red's like, don't do that. No. Hey, that's bad news, y'all. <laughs> Mark gives Stephen a touching speech. He's like, I don't know if you can hear this because you're dead and yeah, sandy in front of me. Yeah, he's all frozen, sandy and stuff. But they, they do the predator high five handshake. No, he gives him his heart. Oh, that's right. And then he, he, it brings him back. And yeah. he's yeah. like, I heard your speech. Mm-hmm. I heard your speech. I hate sand. It's it everywhere. And then the gates of Osiris open so he can come back to life. Yes. Now, what's interesting about that whole thing is that Osiris has to open up the gates of Osiris. Sure. Seems seems like it, right? Mm-hmm. But in the scene before, wasn't Osiris taken out or no? His avatar was. That's okay. But Osiris is fine. That makes sure. sense. Yeah, so someone might have been mad that they his were in the avatar world. got killed. Right. Ooh. So he's meddling. Yes. In the affairs of men. Exactly. So that's kind of neat. What a twist. Yeah. Man, that was so cool when he comes back to life and then like Conchu's like, oh, he's back. And then I love they they did the classic. They do an X-Men all the time with Wolverine where he like heals the bullets out of him. Yeah. Yeah. (gasps) Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know why that's cool to me. I think that's super cool. You push the bullets out. I'm a sucker for that, too. It was just great. And I think that's comic book canon. Like, the whole point of Conchu is that Mark and Steven really technically shouldn't be able to die. Like, they have god powers, and one of the god powers is that Conchu can be like, nope, you get another try. Get right. back up. But this is where we get Scotty's favorite part. That's right. Ahmed is now unleashed. Conchu is now unleashed, and they're both getting larger. Yes. And Ahmed is eating souls, which looks so cool. It does creepy. look great. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a cool fight scene with two giants in front of an iconic backdrop. Mm-hmm. But... I will, looking forward to this moment, because if I got a nitpick and I got to have one mild little problem is no robots fall into an old Marvel trap of here was the bad guy, Haro, but now we have this new bad guy who's really at the main fight scene. And again, I, I, I thought it was a, this is such a typical Marvel move. It doesn't bother me, I guess, outside of the fact that it's just. They've done this exact same thing in virtually every movie where here's the bad guy that we spend most of the movie going after and then suddenly there's a bigger bad guy and a monster that's been released because whatever the protagonist wasn't Well, I mean, do. it's it's literally Shang-Chi. It's the two dragons fighting each other that's while exactly, he fights yeah. his dad. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly the point. And I think uh-huh. I said that during the Shang-Chi right. thing. But, the, before. but they did in this one what I wanted them to do in Shang-Chi. Because Shang-Chi eventually had to fight the dragon. Right. But Moon Knight never fought Amit. It was literally like how good he was doing depended on how good the Conchus were doing. Yeah, it was mirrored. It was mirrored. Right. That's what I wanted them to do in Shang-Chi. I wanted the dad to be one dragon and him to be the other dragon. So Aww. they did it. I liked it. <laughs> so I'm disagreeing with you. So <laughs> you're saying they listened to you. They did. They Maybe they heard. They heard. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, it was a much more engaging story. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I had, it's a nitpick. Again, I please don't take it away that I no, didn't love this thing. Uh, but if I had one little nitpick about it, it's that that is, you know, play one from the Marvel playbook that I, I wish the main bad guy could be the main bad guy all the way to the end. But structurally, it is still cool. We said mirrored earlier, but yes, Khonshu and Amit are having it out as titans in the sky. Right. But at the same time, uh, we have Cape and Cowl Moon Knight as well as Mr. Knight. Yes. And the, the scene where they switch between the two. Flashing was, back yes. and forth between was, the outfits. was amazing. But that leads to them having the street-level fight Against Hera, which is the fight that's happening in the sky, and I, I, I do enjoy that parallel. Yeah, and you're you're right. I I loved the parallel, and what I love the most about this particular part of the show is this was the culmination of the arc. This is Mark and Stephen have come together. They're different people, 
but they're fighting as one and they're switching back and forth. Mr. Knight, Moon Knight, Steven, Mark, they need each other to survive. And I, I loved it. It really felt like the whole character arc came full circle. And now we finally have our hero, both guys together fighting side by side. For sure. But the problem is, even though there's two of them, there are only one, and it takes two avatars to defeat one avatar. We find out yes. <laughs> from Towerette, and she's telling this to Layla, and she's like, be my avatar, and we can defeat it. And she's like, I don't want to be an avatar. I'll oh, be your temporary she avatar. She's, she's like, okay, avatar. I'll be your temporary avatar just for this temporary time. Then Mei Kalamui gets to do what everyone else has been doing. She gets to do, I'm two people. And she does in that little hallway. That's it. I mean, it's great. She's like literally just like transforming. Like, yeah, that was really well done. I love it. Like, it was great. Good stuff. It was good stuff. And then, what is the avatar? Is is the avatar just some regular suited avatar like those other boring avatars? Like wearing a business suit? No. No, it's the Scarlet Scarab. What a reveal was that? Especially it's all over the internet, deservedly so. Yes. Her flying in and spreading the scarab wings with her two dagger things yeah. that look like she stole them from Legolas, but they're gold. <laughs> and then blocking like projectiles and bullets with the wings. Yeah, yeah, right. Really yes. well done. Good For, stuff. Yeah, I'm with you on the reveal because like, I think this character does exist in some form in the comics, but yes. this is a character that's all new to me. And so just to see a reveal of like, oh, that immediately looks so cool. So in the comics, this character... Barely exists. Okay. Barely exists. This character was used in one episode of like the Invaders, which is that which is the seventies throwback to when Captain America was in the forties running around with Namor and right (laughs) and and, like Miss America and stuff like that. And they go to Nazi occupied Egypt and the Scarlet Scarab is there as a villain who turns good. And then I think he might show up one or two other places just in mentions, but not really. I it's a you. very underused character. Is it a male um, in the comics? It's a male. It's okay. just a male Egyptian superhero called Scarlet okay. Scarab. That's it wasn't necessarily related to our buddy not, Moon Knight. Not at all. Story. No, okay, not at all. They, See, I was not familiar. I'm like, Mike, I was not familiar with, it, it, with Scarlet Scarab. You, the only way you would know about Scarlet Scarab is from one issue of a 1970-something Invaders. And then like, there's a few a mention here or there in some other ones. So Scarlet Scare was very underutilized, so you guys probably wouldn't have. The sure. only reason I know about it is because I looked it up. Ah, Internet. Gotcha. I wanted to. I wanted to know about Scarlet Scare because, I mean, it's it's amazing. They even had they even throw the nice little thing in there because there were so many actual Egyptians involved in making this mm-hmm. that you know they have her have her moment where she saves some people from a van. And the kid is like, are you an Egyptian superhero? I am. Yeah. That was, that a, was, that was a nice little beep. That's great. This is like my new favorite female superhero right now. <laughs> they need to put her in things. Better than Florence Pugh and her, her vest so. full of pockets? Yes, actually. <laughs> okay. I mean, a vest full, of, vest full of pockets is great, but <laughs> I mean, we're talking about like copper or bronze. They're not, they're not, they're bronze because it's the bronze age. Bronze wings. Oh, absolutely. And just like, whoosh, whoosh, oh man, great. It was a neat outfit. But now we get to the end game, and Harrow has to, well, not Harrow, but Amit has to be contained in a human form. Instead of a statue, it's no longer a statue this time. You have to put him in the human, and that's how you end it. End it. But end we, it. I mean, this, how cool is this battle, though? Yes. I mean, we got the, the kaiju battle, we got the street battle. We get to see both Moon Knights just trading off with each other. It's beautiful. Like Done it, so well. In different circumstances, we get to see Scarlet Scarab in there kicking butt, too. And then we get to see Ethan Hawke like not hobbling around anymore. That's he's right. like he's got the powers now in full effect with his crazy crocodile axe. That's it. And we get that cool like Moon Knight in him like on the running up and down the pier- edge of the pyramid, and then whoosh, that's it. Oh man, that was like a comic book cover. That was, or yeah. like that was like uh, you know that was like a whole page spread. Yeah, so whole page spread. Absolutely. Is what that, was. It, that was the splash page. Yeah, that was the, the splash, splash page. page. It would be the splash page. Yeah. Thank you for being able to name it. I could see it in my mind yeah. in a dozen examples of it. Yeah, We mentioned this earlier, but this is another scene where we get to see, like, Harrow looks like he's just in command because he's so leveled up, and mm-hmm. he's just giving it to Mark and Steven. Like, it's a full-on battle. The choreography is great. But we get a time jump, like old-school time jump. It stutters, and we black out, and yeah. we lose time, and we come to, and Moon Knight has 
Harrow's cane to his forehead, and it's o- almost over. Yes. And we're like, what happened? And Mark's like, what happened? And neither and Steven, one of them know. Steven's like, what happened? Neither of them know what happened. Which, and, right. and, and Layla's like, what did you just do? I don't know. Yeah. It was like. Now, that is one exchange I do hope gets revealed at some point. Because stuff was like, it looked like a bomb went off. Yes. I mean, it was way more than, I mean, before we had bodies land. No, it looked like a bomb. Stuff was on fire. Yeah, was. Which yeah. hints to the absolute, to use the term we've used a lot this episode, the level up of the third personality. That's it. That we don't meet until the bump scene. Yeah. Until the very, very end. And that's so great. So, yeah, we have uh, Harrow dead to rights here. And Conchu's like, finish him. Mortal Kombat style. Mm-hmm. And Mark and Steven are kind of in agreement. Limp Biscuit. Um, <laughs> Not that, a word. That, that, uh, that, hey, Conchu, we're done listening to you. We want out of this. Yeah. If you want people dead, do it yourself. Yeah. Release us now. We're done. And he's like, okay, I'll release you. And they're like, that easy. And then they're like, back in the asylum. Yes. That's it. And Dr. Harrow is there again, still yeah. alive. But this time, uh, uh, Stephen and Mark are in charge, and they know, like... The tables have turned. We're, we're here to save the world. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know why you're in my psyche, you crazy, gorgeous-looking Gen X icon. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi to Winona Ryder for me. But deuces, we're out. We're going to go save the world. Later, Gators. And Mark and Steven, we get to see them team up. They've been working together, and now they're deucing out to save the world. And he wakes up in his own bed, still chained there. Yeah. Still Hilarious. chained up. But, but he's got two fishies. Two fish. That was a symbolic uh-huh. thing. Yes. Yeah. And two then everyone's fish. left thinking, why did Conchu let him go so easily? What are they going to do now? How are of they going to be heroes? He didn't. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, don't turn it off. There's going to be an. Yeah, mid credits. And, and why are we in Steven's apartment, and not yeah. Mark's life? Yeah, right. It shouldn't it be Mark's. Why is it Steven's? You know, all these were questions kicking around. And then the mid credits scene, we're back in the asylum. Holy but cow. it's not the asylum; it's a different asylum. It's an asylum. It's an asylum. And there's Harrow, all drugged up. He's a patient now, and not yeah, the doctor. Obviously, a patient. Yeah, he's got Ahmet inside of him, bound inside of him, and he's they're all drugged up, and he wasn't killed. So I guess. They drugged him up and took him to the crazy house. Or I he's, guess. you know, somehow euphemistically imprisoned. Yeah. Okay. I, don't I mean, know. Layla must have done that, right? Well, Layla and Mark and no, he Mark woke up. Layla had to have done. We're that. just shown it. It's not really told to us. We've yeah. Got to kind of make our own suppositions because it's not. I mean, Conchu is Conchu needs an avatar to do stuff. Yes. So Conchu didn't take him to the asylum. Conchu wanted him dead. So it had to have been Layla who took him to the asylum. Here's my crazy go for like it. here's my crazy cousin. He thinks he's got a god inside of him. Fill him full of drugs and keep him sedated, and that's his prison. Makes sense, I guess. Well, and again, is all this happening in our world, or is it happening in this metaphysical other place? In because, the in the plane in a different plane because now Jake's there. Well, that's the know. thing. This is actually happening in our world for sure. Okay, because Which, he meanwhile gets, Stephen's he gets, chained to a bed. He gets picked up in brought yeah. to a limo. By a man in black, almost By looks like death. We see the outside of the asylum. It's not the same asylum because it has a different name. Mm-hmm. And the name is one of the artists from Moon Knight. Cool. Putnam. Years ago. No, it's like, no, it's a much more complicated name than Putnam. Okay. It's a different place than what was in. Oh, that's right. It's a different asylum. So here's the interesting thing I noticed that I, I don't know if you guys caught this shot, but like if the psych ward, as far as like Mark and Steven's perspective goes, it is some sort of like mental spot, afterlife, alternate plane thing. Mm-hmm. It sure feels like that. So I, this doesn't explain how Harrow got there, but if this is it for Harrow, there is one shot when he's being wheeled out in the wheelchair and they go outside and there's a reflection in the car and it's a gurney being wheeled out with a tarp over the body like it's a dead person. But then the door opens and it's Harrow in the wheelchair gets into the car. Yeah. So I think the reflection shows the truth that it's just this is him dead and experiencing this some form of afterlife. Really, afterlife. But he gets in the limo and Conchu is there. Yeah, ta da! And not only Conchu, Jake is Jake there. Jake is there. Right. The third personality we've been looking for. Yeah, and he lays into him with a silenced rifle that is apparently recoilless too and doesn't have any shells come out the side. But anyway, so they say. <laughs> doesn't matter. Guess it's a laser. But he shoots Harrow in the face. Mm-hmm. I totally thought he was uh, Conchu was there to make Harrow his avatar again, but nope. Right. It's the driver. 
And Jake, again, at speaking to what a great actor Oscar is, has different mannerisms mm-hmm. and a look on his face mm-hmm. and, and speak a Spanish. different accent. And yeah. And then this is the third personality, Jake Lockley, that we've been waiting for this whole time. That's who, right. even in the comics, is kind of a psychopath. A, uh, a he's, taxi driver type. Yeah, a taxi driver based on the movie Taxi Driver. <laughs> no, really, he's based on the Robert De Niro character in Taxi Driver. Right on. An unhinged. Are you talking to me? Yeah. I don't see anyone else here. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's where we're left off. That's it. That's What's yeah. going to happen? Limited series. Limited so. series. They're not supposed to do another. And Oscar Isaac said he's done. That's too bad. Did he really? I could, mm-hmm. I could eat through in a whole because there's season, been but there's been some debate about was this the series finale or a season finale? I think mm-hmm. when they first released it, this date was booked as the series finale. But as they released it, it became the season finale. Well, okay. I don't know. Those two things mean two so different wait, things. So wait, wait. Tell me about what Oscar Isaac said, because I'm not aware of that. He didn't say he was done with the character. He says we're going to do this and, and be done. I think like everyone's thinking since they're introducing Black Knight yeah. or, or Black Sword, or what's the name of that character? Black Knight. Black Knight. I thought I had it wrong because From Eternals, Moon right? Knight, Black Knight. But does that intersect with the Moon Knight yes, because, universe a little bit? Well, because what happens in the comics is Dr. Stephen Strange gathers together all these anti-heroes right. to make a group. Midnight Suns? Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns. S-O-N-S. Yes. And Moon Knights and Midnight Suns, Black Knights and Midnight Suns, um, a lot of these other Black Knight ter- wasn't actually ever in Midnight Suns, but he was around, around Midnight okay. Suns. I mean, in the comics. Now, doesn't yeah, some of this that's our, yeah, the, yeah. a little bit of uh, like Spider-Man and Daredevil and some of those comics? Um, Ghost Riders there? Ghost Riders, yeah, maybe? yeah, Ghost Riders, Darkhold. Um, yeah. Blade. There was, Blade. Yeah, Blade was yeah. a okay. big part of Midnight Suns. And we know that we got Blade coming. So the, because uh, Morbius. Because they seem to be pushing Doctor Strange to the forefront yeah. here, they think that's where they're going. So it could have been Oscar Isaac saying, like, yeah, this is his introduction, but he, he's going to be in I'm the so glad they yeah. Moon Knight was a big player on Midnight I'm so Suns. glad they discovered that very unspoken but, actor. But also, there's also supposedly in the works, Halloween, they're going to be doing a werewolf. Okay. And Moon Knight, as Jake, was the villain in a werewolf comic. Oh, uh-huh. neat. Yes. So, well, Lord knows DC messed up what they were trying to do when they tried to put together the Universal Monsters thing so, with the werewolf and the mummy and Jekyll and Hyde. And they kind of boffed that whole chain. They were going to try and build a franchise on it. But Tom Cruise threw the mummy out the airplane or something. <laughs> and that's never going to happen anymore. What about Thomas Janus Frankenstein? I mean, come on. Right. No, uh, no but this is also confirmed. They interviewed uh, one of the executive producers and the director of, like, I think four of these episodes, but Mohamed Diab was interviewed, like, what happens next for Moon Knight? And he didn't confirm a season two, but he did say... Marvel doesn't go a conventional way, so even if they like the character and want to extend the world, it could be season two, it could be a standalone film, or he can join another superhero's journey. Ah, there's the drop so, the hint. So I think all our speculation is correct. We may not get a season two, but we will see some form of Moon Knight in sure. the future. Well, and like I talked about on the Eternals podcast, this is all pointing toward, well, again, one of my favorites, Midnight Suns sure. and the Rise of the Midnight Suns, which again, was the Doctor Strange-led answer to the Avengers for the occult and mystic arts and magical and all that kind of stuff. All the cool uh, Werewolf stuff. by Night is the one you're thinking of, Kevin. It took me a minute to remember the name. Oh, Werewolf right. by Night was right. the... Werewolf. Is there a Werewolf by Night project from yes. us? I haven't heard it's about supposed one. To come out. Out. It's supposed to come on Halloween. Really? Yeah. All right, so Moon Knight pizza ratings for the entire series now. Yeah, whole thing, whole shebang. We will always start with the guests. So you guys do rock, paper, scissors... To see who goes first. Well, we'll talk about. I, I wanted to just say a few things about why I this really. I thought this show was really great. It was very different than a lot of previous Disney outings. This was a deep dive into a fractured psyche, which is mm-hmm. really, really opposite uh, to what Disney's family-friendly brand has always been. It's got a much darker tone. When Steven snaps back and he's, his hands are literally covered in blood. We've never seen that before That's in, a true. Disney, in a Disney product. This was, like I said earlier, this is a genuine psychological thriller as we take this journey into, like I said, this really broken, fractured psyche of a man. I loved the references and the tie-in to, oh, yeah, you're in a plane, just like the ancestral plane, which we saw in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And and she ran through three or three other 
places that have been referenced in other times, that all of these things really exist, which also is one of the things I liked about it is it's not really tethered to a whole lot of the other MCU. Yes, there is. I think there in the background, there's like a van that has a picture of the the global repatriation company thing that yeah, we saw. Yeah, there's a bus. I think a bus in Falcon sign. Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, where else are we tied to other Marvel properties? What other references does they're all hidden in Easter eggs, which is different than what we've seen out of other Marvel properties. True. True. Again, all of this leads me to. I mean, it's a solid eight slice pizza. Lots of toppings, lots of great. I'm going to go all meat again. I think I've given the all meat pizza before. Really love this. Very, very little to complain about. Can't wait to see where it goes next. Interesting. In honor of the uh, everything that Oscar put into this, and not to mention the development and the, and the deeply kind of dark, heavy subject matter that this show brought us, I think kudos to Marvel for trusting us as an audience with this because it wasn't light and fluffy and summer fair and... You know, that kind of thing. It almost got to where, like, you were dreading, like, oh, gosh, let's see what screws up Stephen and Mark even more this week, you know, Mm -hmm. every week waiting for it. So in honor of that, I'm going to give it a a personal, a nine-inch personal pan pizza. Remember, you'd get those little certificates when you were a kid for (laughs) reading, and you'd take it up to one of the pizza restaurants, and they'd give you the little personal pan pizza, and you'd be so happy because you weren't expecting to get a pizza, but you read a book, and that was your reward. And that's what we get for this one. We get a little nine-inch pepperoni. Perfectly happy with it. I love, love it. it. So yeah, I, I feel like that's a downgrade from eight. It's slices. a whole pizza. You could slice it up as many times as you want. Let's say it's sixteen slices. They're just really. It's duty. a whole pizza for free from reading a book. Yeah, it's. it's you read a book. I think it's even better. Yeah, it's bonus. Is that, pizza. Is that what you're saying? You're that's what better? I'm saying. I'm trying to read it. I'm trying to put a little dark yeah. twist right. on this, and there it I is. I like it. That's a way to go, Brad. It's thin. I don't know. Our 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 pizza readings are very amorphous and vague. So I mean, we had an uh, like an ice cream sandwich once. So I mean, <laughs> we had an ice cream sandwich topping. That was all me. Yeah. All right, Mikey. What do you got? You had half of a Supreme after three. Yeah, so the first three were great. The back half was also great. I was not expecting the left turn with all the Asylum stuff, so it sort of went against my expectations, and it took me a minute to adjust, but once I did, I was on board. It was just you had to pay attention to what was going on. doesn't lose anything for it, but they told a story that I did not expect them to tell. It was super heavy, but then we got back to the Egyptian stuff and all the mythology and lore was there, so... I want more. I don't know if we're getting more, but for this, as a standalone, yes, it ends on a cliffhanger, but uh, I was completely satisfied, so it remains a full eight-slice Supreme Pizza for me. Nice. All right, I gave it six plain before. Yes. And I agree with you, Mikey. It was very unexpected the way it went. It, It was one of those things where while it was happening, and I think Brad kind of alluded to this, while it's happening, you're like, I don't know if I'm okay with what's yeah. happening around i'm not sure if i like this it took us some but dark but then when it got to the final button and wrapped up and put it in a nice bow and had the wonderful mid-credit scene i mean it was just the whole the whole meal mm-hmm. you know it paid and off nicely and yeah so it all paid off so you're right the i have the exact same sentiment so i'm i'm throwing all the rest of the toppings on this this is <laughs> a this is a full eight slicer with all the toppings i thought it was great and hey, man, I mean, it was good enough just for Scarlet Scarab and the 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 kind of surprising me um, and taking me on a real roller coaster. Go ahead and give me some of that garlic dipping sauce on the side. <laughs> you know, Whoa, you're right, adding so. a dipping sauce? Yeah. You've never had a dipping sauce before. No, That's I like huge. This. I like this a lot. It was great. Oscar Isaac, I just, I've never seen anything that he was in that I did not enjoy. I can't wait I'm for with some you. of the Marvel crossover yeah. stuff they're going to do where Moon Knight fights Apocalypse. <laughs> Same it's character. Oscar Isaac joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to our pod. Let us know what you think of Moon Knight. Yes. Let us know on all our social medias at Assuming Pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Instagram mostly has us pictures, and we like pictures. Every week I ask Mikey, hey, Mikey, if they want to say, I love Moon Knight, I hated Moon Knight, and I want to put it into a longer format than social media, they can send us a Gmail to assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. And I asked Mikey, how do you want them to format the Gmail this week? I think last week it was for last Moon Knight, it was hieroglyphics. 
Oh, I was going to say hieroglyphic. Was last it? time or, I said... No, you said... Last time I said, be the voice of Be God. the voice of Conchu. Yeah. But you predicted what I was going to say I did? Time. Oh, awesome. Channel your inner Stephen Grant. Yeah. Be a nerd. Write in some hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics. Draw some, something equally nebbish. Draw some birds and some crocodiles and some eyes of Horus and just let me know... Happy or sad? I'm pretty sure I can tell from hieroglyphics. Yes. And write it in two different personalities. <laughs> That's right. And make sure you um, send us a Rosetta Stone with that, so yes. we can know it's because you know Mikey speaks ancient Greek or anyway. Wingdings work. <laughs> wing, wing <laughs> dings. Oh, great! We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank uh, that guy Brad for doing our announcing and being here. Thanks, guys. Not Scott Productions for our equipment and being here. Good to be with you. We also want to thank Jazzar for doing our music. Thank you guys so much for listening. And make sure if you are in the Dallas area to go to Acon 31, June 3rd through 5th, we will be out there doing Nerd Talk Radio. Pow, pow. Uh, we need you guys out there to crack wise along with us. For sure. So you guys all have a great week. We will see you next week for some more podcast action. Later, Gators. After a while, crocodile. You can let us know what you think about singles as well. So, and reality bites. That's all getting cut out. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a doily. Anyway. <laughs>